is vegan like some some hoity-toity thing, some white thing, some privileged thing? That's a conversation that I love having yeah. because I because people the assumption is that if you're vegan, you're white, you're wealthy, you only shop at you know, Erewhon here in LA or some sort of alternative, like super ritzy, expensive grocery store. And you don't, another thing is that you just simply, you only care about animals. You could care less about, you know, what other people are going through. So why are you caring so much about animals when people are suffering? That's a conversation that I'm always having. And that's like constantly swirling around me too, as a black vegan. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Almost 30. It's Lindsay and Krista. <laughs> it's where they mainly do holiday songs and they go on to, to the news segment on SNL. I forget what it's called. And... They welcome them. They're like, oh, great. You guys rehearsed this, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we rehearsed it. Kristen Wiig is doing Kristen it, Kristen right? Wiig and She's Fred Armisen. Incre- they're incredible at that. So they'll go like, one, two, one, two, three. And they're like, we were going to grandmother's house. Dude, I've actually have seen that. They're, literally, I'm like, that is incredible. It's so fun. And then like the guy hosting is like, no, come on guys. And they're like, they're all sorry. Like, okay. Like we were, no, 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 we got it. And then they just, it is so funny. Kristen Wiig is, and Fred Fred Armisen's the best. That duo. I love Fred Armisen so, (laughs) so much. What is it about Fred Armisen? I can't, him in in Portlandia and on SNL, every character. And Big Mouth. Big Mouth, he's the dad too. Oh my God, every character, I don't know. He's, he was in another show with Maya Rudolph that I watched. It was very, it wasn't as good, but. He's so like comedically like captivating. Cause you're like, who are you? <laughs> who are, exactly. <laughs> like he's a chameleon when he's the bookstore owners in Portlandia. Oh. The lesbian couple, they're, they own the bookstore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, tell me more. Cause I'm, I they're see the it in my head. Best. They're like. <laughs> It's like called Women and Women First, I think, is the bookstore in Portlandia. And they're like the best. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to find it. Oh, man. We, uh, we're here in the studio. I'm bleeding everywhere. So I'm... Welcome. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you out there are probably bleeding with me because we're sisters now. Because yeah, <laughs> one of us bleeds, we all bleed. I, but it's funny. At a lot of our events, they're like, yeah, I've that we talk about like their cycles. I know it's so funny. I, I love it. And then I'm also like, let's stop saying that we're all on our moon together. <laughs> well, it just becomes like a, 
I don't know. Just like, it's like, are you, how close are you to the moon? You know, it's like, oh, well, I, mine is usually around the full moon. So I actually like felt how in sync of the moon with, are you? Yes. I felt like, cause I was like out of sync with the moon for a little bit I or mean, whatever. I and what I felt shame. Related to, I mean, I felt shame. Exactly. I was like, wait, so I'm not in sync with the moon. What does this mean? I was at this, um, I went to a sound bath last night, which usually is my jam. I was like, all right, I'm going to go alone which I do about half the time. And I was so pumped. Oh, then I get in there and we get papers. I'm like, okay. Oh no, homework? And she gives us pens. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And she does her spiel, like love her. She's my favorite. I, I know her spiel by heart now, but she says it with such zest and enthusiasm every time. Like, oh, I love that. Like it's the first time she's saying it. So if you're new to a sound bath, it's pretty much the most relaxing thing you can ever do. <laughs> What's happening here is binaural beats, which are balancing the left and right hemisphere of the brain, which is very deeply relaxing. It's putting you in the theta brainwave state. Goes on a dream. Every time I'm like, how are you doing this with such zeal? And mm-hmm. we get the thing and then I'm sitting there and she's kind of talking for a while. I'm like, okay. And, and I start to fill out my thing. She's like, oh, don't, don't fill it out. I'm like, oh man. And then we fill it out and we have to share it with everyone in the room. Are you for real? Which I, that's what I do for my job. And I'm like, I'm trying to get more solitude. I'm also trying to chill. I'm trying to chill. Literally people would, and too. So I wrote down, because it was a new moon in Taurus, I wrote down what I wanted to release, call in, what I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Love it. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Also, I don't want to share with strangers because I live in Los Angeles, which is a big, but also small city. I'm like, there's a chance that one of y'all maybe listens. Yeah. So if I'm like, I want to release all those motherfuckers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, if I'm saying like, whatever I'm saying, I just have to be thoughtful about. And I just wanted to like let her rip and just put it. Put yeah. Some, I put personal stuff on there and then know, burn like, it and burn it and just like eat it. And so I just, I was just like, oh man. And then we we're sharing around the room for like 40 minutes. I was like, dude, this is not, thank God Justin didn't come. Cause I was going to have him come. Oh. He would have cried. He's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> and then afterwards it was so cute. She's like, give everyone a hug. And I'm like, sometimes it's just so weird. Some days I'm like, hug the world, hug everyone, free hugs here. And just sometimes I'm like, I just want to be solid. I just want to be alone. So I snuck out. Good for you. Like a cold, cold person that I am. Good for you. I really snuck out. Justin's like, I was like, he's like, no hugging. He's like, well, a lot of people need hugs. You should give them hugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually true. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but some days I'm not in the mood. Same. It's just so weird. Yeah. I was just, well, I just right now, I, I want to I wanna increase the amount of time I have alone. Yeah. That's kind of my goal right now. I mm-hmm. feel very attached to community. I feel supported and like I have so much interaction with humans that I want to be alone more. Yeah. And and my thing too is if I'm meeting someone after a sound bath, I'm like, we're going to be talking for 30 minutes and I'm going to be asking them about, you know, their ancestral healing they're working on. And then I'm bummed when I'm not really showing up as like totally. my best me. And yeah. and then I just feel like an asshole. I'm like, I should just go and it's fine. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> You're like, what's up? You're like, I'm going to hit the road. <laughs> I fucking suck anyways. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to tell you that I suck and hit the road. Because uh, people can tell. I can tell when people are kind of like, Same. oh, I'm just like, sending okay, it in. Mm-hmm. I, I sent it in. Yeah. It was just a weird thing. I was like, this is such an interesting dynamic that's going on. Is like, 
the goodness of that, but mm. also like the forcedness. Yeah. Oh. But, but it's beautiful because yeah. oftentimes I'm like, thank you for forcing me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate I that. But sometimes I'm like, I really need to think for myself yeah. for these two hours. Yeah. And I would enjoy that. Yeah. But everyone's different. Everybody's got Come a to mind sound bath. No one talks. I went to church last night. Everyone, I'm yeah, you're I'm going into the convent. You're officially holy. <laughs> no. Two churches in one week. I know, guys. It's interesting. Wow. But I'm kind of like loving not thinking about it too much. Because yeah. I I you know, we have a lot of friends who go to church on a regular basis. Do we? Um <laughs> we do. Name, name, three, <laughs> name three friends that go to church. Um, my friend BC, Gina, okay. who I went with uh-huh. last night. I, I have a feeling you'd be surprised how many fucking okay. YouTubers were there last night, my dear. Okay. <laughs> I actually probably know. But that's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird thing where, because I was thinking, I was like, LA is such an interesting place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you have all of these creatives, these personalities, they're doing all these crazy wild things and many of them at once and collaborating and not, and just kind of in the, the chaos of, of all of that. And then like, you know, if they grew up with church, maybe they're coming mm-hmm. back to church and like, in yeah, this, I have no shade to church. Yeah. 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 And in this place, like they're, I don't know. It was just like interesting to observe. I'm sitting behind Justin, Justin and Haley Bieber. <gasps> so it's like that. Totally. But it was like, no one, no one really like, there was no scene. There was no like, oh my God, it's yeah. just and they're front row center. You know, it's like not- I wonder you if their see. bodyguards were like on the side. No, there's just their friends. Yeah. It was like Ryan Good of Drew House and like yeah. all those people, I guess. All of them had Haley Bieber buns. All of As them. As you do. Uh, it made me want to have a Haley Bieber leave, bun. You have a tight ass L- Literally, I was like, how do I do that? And you have like Bella Hadid eyes. You're like, what? <laughs> Like, Long ass fingers. I was yes. like, fuck. Yo, her fingers. I was like, get me some of those. But it was really beautiful because it wasn't like, it's just nice because growing up in Catholic church, it was so like fucking strict and weird. And like you stand like straight and then you kneel and then you stand it's, it's and do all the things that they tell you to do. And this was like and a 40 minute- changed. Yeah. needs to evolve. It'll, exactly. Peace and love. It's beautiful. I love ritual. It, it could evolve. Totally. And this was just like 40 minutes. Uh, so Judah Smith is like the pastor of church home. 40 minutes of just like a conversation. It was about like releasing guilt and shame. And he's very funny. It was really? like, it was. he's hilarious. It was very entertaining and also like pertinent and impactful and then you sing for 10 minutes and you're done. Dude, I'm did you sing? Oh hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm so in. Justin that. was so in it. Was he sing? <laughs> of course. Everyone was just like everyone was literally like ripping. It was Whoa. it was really, really fun. I freaking love a good rip. And my friend BC was there. I didn't know he was gonna be there. Does he go often? Yeah, I guess he goes all the time. But I didn't I didn't know he's gonna be there. And I saw him, I was like, oh, this is what church is like. You see your friends. Dude, it's, so <laughs> it's weird. You're like, I guess this is a community where people gather. Totally. <laughs> I was like, Seems do I belong here? Honestly. But it was kind of you know, you know what I did like, and I think our events are like this, <laughs> our church. Um where you go there and you don't feel, cause I went alone. I like met up with Gina. She was like 20 minutes late, but I just went alone and there was like hundreds of people there. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. And people were like, Hey, what's up? Wow. And I was like, Hey, what's your name? What's going on? You know, it, 
it, it wasn't weird and wow. no one felt weird and everyone was just like automatically open because it's church. <laughs> it was weird. I love that. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Um, I always think of, when I think of Haley, I think of this, this uh, Instagram story that she had, which is my favorite oh, that I've ever seen. <laughs> she said, Hey guys, ask me a question. And it's where people just input in, you know, whatever question they want to ask her. Mm-hmm. So someone wow, goes, gets 5 million questions. I know, poor thing. <laughs> so some, someone asked Haley Bieber, Halloween, yes or no? That's it. That's all she did. <laughs> so she says, I'm a Christian. Do you have any idea what that means historically? It means I redefine everything in culture. Pagan feast of winter solstice? Oh, that's now Jesus's birthday. Pagan feast of spring planting? Oh, that's now Easter weekend. Pagan Celtic festival involving dressing up and warding off evil spirits. Oh, now it's All Saints Day. And we come and celebrate the victorious church that is overcome by the blood of lamb. Candy, please. <laughs> and, then, and then this side says, wait, wait, I'm not done. It's, there's more. This is a little true. True or false? This is true. And then this side, this is the same image with her text. I'm not afraid of the world. I'm not afraid of any devil or demon or incarnation. They're terrified of me. Halloween is now my holiday and I'm claiming all candy for the glory of God and celebration of saints. What now? I'll dress up however I like. My favorite characters, pop culture stuff, whatever. It's my party and you're invited. I'm alive today and on state tomorrow. Give me candy. (laughs) No joke. I think about this Instagram story. Holy shit. Twice, Twice a week. So you think she was, she's like being funny, yeah? No. Oh my God. That's drop dead. Fucking love her. Someone, someone like put it on Twitter and they're like, so Haley's sane. Wow. She honestly seemed much more sane than what's. What probably happened is people like Christians were like, hey, you don't celebrate Halloween if you're Christian. And she was like probably dressed up. And so now she's like. Totally. Now she's like, No. <laughs> the world is scared of me. Holy shit. How insane. I'm just like, what are the pagan holiday of da 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 da? Like, you know, that person is literally just like at work and they're like, oh, cool, Haley Baber. Oh, what's up? I wonder if she likes Halloween. Halloween. Yes or no? Whatever. <laughs> and she's like, mm, she like ripped. The pagan holiday saints. <laughs> she's like, candy, please. <laughs> Literally, it's them like naked in their bed, just being like, <laughs> I love fucking both, Yorkies. The, the one paragraph ends with candy, please. And the next one is give me candy. <laughs> That's like, what makes what? me think like she's fucking. Oh, joking. now it's All Saints Day and we celebrate the victorious church that has been overcome by the blood of lamb. <laughs> you're like, yo, man, I just want to know if you're going to look slutty tomorrow or not. Should we be on the lookout for some slutty pics? <laughs> Is honestly the best, dude. I was th- I was thinking about them like just because their phones were so close. I was like, holy shit, yo, that has so much shit on it. I don't even know I right think now. About that a lot. Do you know what I mean? I'm yes. like, whoa, that's like people's life. Whoa, it's yeah. their brain. Yeah, yeah, it was wild times. So anyway, so keep up the church. Coming to you live. Coming to you live. We'll come to come to you live from church home next week. <laughs> Literally, you're like I am now a part. Well, we've got a church opportunity with almost thirty two days. Oh my God. December 7th, baby. I could not be more excited. Saturday. It's actually a really good feeling to be excited about this t- this show. Fuck yeah. It's going to be a blast you know? just because it's LA. It's all our people. Yeah. It's our home. It's basically our last event on the West Coast of the year. We have one more after this. So it's going to feel like a coming home. Mm-hmm. And Shan Booty, 
sex relationship. Yes. She's a performer. Nothing is off limits and yes. it's going to be so fun. We're going to have the audience ask some questions as well, hopefully. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. If they behave. Yeah. If you guys are, you guys are good. <laughs> and then we're going to have a special surprise. A very special surprise. Really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, nice. <laughs> so you can get tickets at almost30podcast.com slash tour slash tour and uh, left. Yeah. And buy some for your friends. Just make it a night because yeah. it's in a fun area like in Hollywood. So you can like grab dinner before or after whatever the show's at 730 doors open at 630. Yeah. We'd love to see you or just come yourself. You'll make new friends. Guaranteed. Yeah. People always do. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, okay. So today's episode we welcomed Janae Claiborne, sweet potato soul, into the studio. Sweet pot soul. That was so fun. She was a delight. I yeah. really could have hung out with her all day long. I have admired her work for a while. I just love, I'm, a, I'm vegan plant-based, so I have gotten a lot of great recipes and tips from her, and it's been really beautiful to see her evolution, having a baby, getting yes. married. She was on Black Girl and Ohm like a really long time ago, Lauren Ash's podcast, who's a friend of ours. Uh, and she is just such a great example of how you can really create a life that you love with your family, with what you really care about, and just make it a business and stay present and aligned. Yeah. And she talked about kind of like how she found healthy eating. Like everyone kind of has their own evolution there, but she really did not pay attention to the way food affects, you know, your health and your energy and all of that until college. And then from there, she's really never looked back. We talk about veganism. We talk about her pregnancy and- Pull back the curtain on building a business Mm -hmm. as an online brand. And we also talked about her wedding, like how she did her wedding on a budget. Yeah. Got her dress on Poshmark. Come on. Yeah. She's a Poshmark babe, which inspired me. I know. Same. I was like, how do you do that? Can I pay you to do that for me? Same. (laughs) She had the cutest shoes on. I was like, this is great. I know. It's good for the earth. Also, lastly, Miami. So we have Miami, December 12th. Please come. Nikki Novo. She's an amazing intuitive and she's so sweet. So we're going to be talking about tapping into your intuition, which will help you live more fully in all areas of your life. And your podcast pro is relaunching in January. We were just talking about it today. And Get it's ready. Be insane. If you want to grow, monetize or brand your podcast, we have three courses that we've created for you. There is hours and hours of digital content, downloadables. We hold your hand all through the way. And there's also a podcast pro workshop happening in January. So mm-hmm. for all you L based people, West Coast, or if you want to fly out, we have a full day intensive workshop that will take you from idea to launch and give you all the tools if you want to build a business. So that's more like a boot camp in person. And then we have all the digital offerings available online. Yeah, we're really proud of this. It's an incredible resource. So yeah, get ready. Get, all right. Thanks. Ready. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you feel called to write a review on Apple Podcasts, that means so much to us and we read every single one of them. So thank you. We'll read one on the other side of this episode. And just thanks for your support this year. 2019 has been really incredible and it's been so fulfilling to meet you all on tour and at our events and just seeing you meet up in person with one another has been awesome. Yeah. We love you very much. Love you. Just hanging with our friends. Hanging with our friends. So glad you're here. So I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> I want to. I didn't want to tell everyone about your wedding dress story. We were just talking oh, about. I'm. Yeah. That's in inspiring love. because really? inspiring to me. I, I'm. I am nowhere near getting married, but I think about that about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder, like, what my. Uh, my vibe is going to be in terms of like, am I just going to want to keep it simple, save a lot of money, or am I going to be a little 
disaster mm-hmm. rolling through, mm-hmm. spending too much money. And mm-hmm. I just love these these stories because it just reminds me like what is important about that day. Right, exactly. You know, and, and you so could still too. Yeah, so I'd love for you to share that story. Uh, okay, so I was telling them I, I bought my wedding dress, which I love and I still have in my closet from Poshmark for $240. I spent $160 on on um, alterations and it was amazing. And you know, I spent so much time and effort looking for that dress. On Poshmark specifically, I did go to the stores. I, you know, I went like dress shopping with my mom one day, and she was not interested. By the way, your mom wasn't. No, I was like, why am I? Why are we here? Yo. she was just like on her phone the whole time. Like, really? Yo. What do you think about this stuff? You know, I could see my mom doing that. I would be like, oh, yeah. And I only I'd did be it like for literally her. tears in my eyes. I'd be like, this is it. And she'd be like, yeah, she'd yeah, be like, yeah. do you want me to tell you the truth oh, or no? Honestly, she'd yeah. be like, well, it's not my wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be that thing. Well, but it's not my day. <laughs> my mom was like, she, she, our taste is totally different. So of course, everything <laughs> of course. she wants is like, actually, why don't you try that on? Yeah, you're like, no. That has like a hood on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to be so covered. <laughs> my mom's the opposite. Mom's like, skin. No. Skin, skin, skin. Yes. My mom, she for my, my wedding, she wore... Um, like a really short dress. <laughs> my mom was, my I love was super it. Super sexy. Super I'm obsessed sexy. with that. And I'm like, oh, no, let me cover up a little. Yeah, of course, because I'm her daughter, right? I need a shawl. Totally. Yeah. You want the opposite. You're like, of I don't course. like this. No, it's just too much. We went to this wedding recently and it was uh, in a very nice area of California and the mom was very affluent. It was mm-hmm. an affluent family. Honestly, she walked down the aisle like it, she was on the last season of America's Next Top Model oh and gosh. this was the final walk. It wow. was like she was pointing at people. Oh they, were really? they were cheering. The mom had like this sparkly, flowy gown. Like it was wow. insane. I was like, oh wow. She's like, this is my day. <laughs> like, it was her Waiting day. for this. She was like, she got a bunch of work done for it. She was nice. like, all ready for it. Oh my God. <laughs> that mom. Okay. I know. My, just- mom, my mom is like sexy and, and all that, but she's shy at the same wow. time. So she like, she like it's the best kind of sexy. Looks like mm-hmm. yeah, she dresses like she wants attention, and she you know she's mm-hmm. beautiful and everything, but she's shy. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> Are your parents married? Or? No. Okay. No. She's single. Uh, yeah, that's probably attractive to a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's sexy totally. and then shy. It's like oh yeah. What? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, me? Oh, I know. Hi. <laughs> Are you looking? <laughs> she, during the wedding, she was she was with a guy and. I was like, please don't bring him, mommy. Please don't bring him. I didn't like him. And she yeah. did? She brought him. I mean, sh- yeah, what are you going to back and forth. I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm being, I realized I was just being too much. I'm her only child. Mm. I'm spoiled. Used to getting my way from my parents. And she was like, she convinced me she should bring him. She also, um, she, I had to invite other people from her guest list. You know, it was a oh, tiny wedding, 50 people. That's it. Wow. But my mom and my, my parents paid for the wedding. So of course I had to, you know, had to let them bring who they wanted to bring, which was great. It was fine. But you know, I can't wait for that to happen. Then I'm like walking around being like, who are you? No. Yeah, hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. I'm so sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm so sorry. You know why you're here and I know why you're here. <laughs> Thanks for the gift. Like name tags. <laughs> that's what they want. They will get on an airplane for free dinner I'm good. and free drink. Yo, that's the damn right? I said it once. I'll say that. it again. If I look out at a single face when I'm walking down the aisle and I don't know that person, I'm out. Yeah. No one's getting a yeah. date. No parents are bringing any one of their friends. Yes. I will pay for every dollar so I have complete control of everyone. Ooh, yes. Not yes. to be crazy, but like, I just don't want, I've been at weddings where I'm kind of random yeah. and I feel ashamed. Same. I'm like, I'm, I love this person and I want to celebrate them, but I feel like I'm 
not contributing to this amazing time. Totally. For them. Totally. You and know? we know how expensive it is. 100%. Right? Like what's yeah. that? And it's almost like a, a quid pro quo. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm paying $150 for a present. This is a $150 yeah. meal, 75, yeah. whatever the amount is. You're always just kind of paying for your meal with exactly. the present. Exactly. Which I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what's, I know. you know. That's exactly how I feel. I haven't gone to any weddings this year though. Wow. Yeah. So the, dr- the dress you in total paid $400. $400 wow. with $400. alterations. That's such a, isn't that crazy? And my husband, such a good idea. he bought his suit on Poshmark also. Oh. <laughs> We're the Poshmark family. You honestly need to be sponsored. I know, but Poshmark is so cheap. We have contacted us to like work together many, many, many times. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's just, no, it's a real hard no with them. I mean, so far. You would be a commercial. I know. And I'm A wedding dress and a a tux. Right, look at (laughs) at my shoes I got on now. Now y'all can't see listening, but I love these shoes. Oh, cute. Pointing to a flat metallic. What? Right, what? These I got on Poshmark. So I don't shop fast fashion. I shop on Poshmark, all used stuff, right? So it's like, you know, it's not the same, right? So these shoes are from Target and I got them on Poshmark for $5 plus shipping. So it was like $11 total. And yeah, yeah, I love them. Wow. (laughs) I shop on there so much and I, you know, that like, like we were saying- Is shipping fast, by the way? It's so fast. Okay. And I'm used to Amazon, right? Yeah. It's not Amazon, of course, but it is fast. These people don't play. Like I couldn't sell on Amazon or on Poshmark because I would get the low reviews because I'm not that fast. But these people, it's like their job, I think. (laughs) Yeah. They're like constantly changing over their their closet. and Like like, why is there turmeric all over there? I know. That wasn't pictured. That made me, I know. And now I have a baby just like Like this kind of smells. Um, (laughs) What have you done about baby clothes? Well, I, I, I'm trying my hardest to not buy her anything. Wow. Because we get, people are sending us stuff. Just wrapping her in old napkins. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's a lot easier. They won't know. She dirties it up anyway, right? (laughs) So our, our registry, I was super like, I was not super, I was slightly adamant about just, you know, having our, our family and friends give us used things for baby clothes because it's like they grow out of that so fast, right? Why do we need all new? But my, my mother-in-law was like, Janae, you're crazy. Everybody wants to buy you stuff. Make a registry. So I put together this registry with her help, like 99% of it with her, <laughs> thankfully, because it would not have happened without her. And yeah, I let people buy baby clothes and we still have things that she can't even fit that were that was on the registry. They I, people bought clothes up to like I think eighteen months or something, wow. and of course the grandparents are constantly sending clothes. So I never I think I've bought her. I went to a, a friend of mine is a stylist, and she had like a a garage sale with all her amazing clothes. Wow! Mm. I bought a bunch of stuff for myself, but I also she has a two year old daughter, so I was like, can you bring out any kids clothes? So she brought out a huge box wow. of kids stuff for me, and I bought. $25 worth of things from her, which is like, which is like 20 things. Wow. A lot of stuff. Some of it she hasn't even worn yet because it's just, I went overboard. And then I remember I also, when we were in Santa Barbara, I bought her a dress from a baby consignment store, but that's literally all I've bought her wow. as far as clothing. Because we just have so I love much. That. I love how people like on the list, they're like, yeah, I just need, you know, what I just need 
those, what are the, the burpee, burpee, burpee cloths? Cloth. And I just need really basics. And they're like, well, I think this baby cowboy suit is really cute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. So I want to get it you It just this, goes rogue very fast. They just like get costumes they want to see kids in. Exactly. You know, exactly. they're like, just I got a photo with the baby in that. Yeah, I got this baby lobster costume that I think mm-hmm. would look really oh good. Oh my gosh. Baby. So, I'm so excited about Halloween. I mean, oh. for her, I mean, I never even dress up. Not that was like so my mom's cool. bread and butter. Wow. Yes. What were you guys? Were you guys anything together as four kids? No, we, we all wanted to be different things. Yeah. I was. My mom made like a strawberry costume one year. I was like a big strawberry. Oh, that's, oh, that's so like I was cute. the Pillsbury Doughboy. I love. I was. <laughs> Those were the days. Like yeah. like a honeybee, but like wholesome, but like very wholesome, handmade. Right? Yeah. Getting candy door to door. Yeah, wholesome days. Oh, I hope I'm motivated uh, to do that. I was a ninja fun. like oh, three years. Oh, nice. That's how much of a tomboy I was. Yeah. I was literally everyone was like a princess. I was a ninja. Ninja. <laughs> I was always like I'm a very last minute person, so I was always like just just like cut. Just cut like a t-shirt. Yeah, like a ghost. Like, wrapped around my head. Yeah, <laughs> Always yeah. a ghost. Yeah, a ghost. Or like, I don't even remember. I don't, I literally don't remember my costumes. I remember they were just all last minute and all like, my mom was like, Janae, you need to think ahead of time for your costumes. And I'd be like, I don't care. Mom, I know, literally. Yeah. Now I can Poshmark it. Yeah, also right? too, my parents didn't want to spend any money. On uh-huh, like, you know, they're uh-huh. like thirty dollars is a lot for right, one night. Like right. we're not gonna mm-hmm. buy exactly. you whatever costume you want. But exactly. I remember with the trick or treating. Just how it was like there was, you would lay out all your candy with your sisters yes. or your friends. You'd be like, okay, you put all the Reese's in yeah, one yeah, pile. You gotta like this is the most valuable. And then you'd put, you know, the <laughs> king size in one pound. This is the most valuable. Oh, yeah. You know, all everything had like a currency. It was <laughs> like the shitty candy one in one pile. Yeah. And like- then you, you took it to school the next day, right? Uh, to trade. Uh, yes, so, yeah. you would trade. You had to do And that. it was really just like a way to- like establish a system for you to have all this like good candy. You wouldn't yeah. eat it all. No, oh, mm-hmm. no, not I mean, once. I mean, I would never eat it all. Like, I mean, it's just still probably in my mom's house. Yeah, I was like, I'm not eating this. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> my mom like never cleans. Oh, I mean, she cleans, but she has not gone through my bedroom. Honestly. But you know, it's not her responsibility. It's mine. <laughs> oh, she, my mom, yo. I mean, we sold the house <laughs> when my parents divorced, but, and then we were living around the town, but, my, I mean, it's like I don't exist. There's really? like no room or anything really? for me. Yeah, it's where like are you from? Ohio. Oh wow, yeah, a small town in Ohio. Yeah, there's maybe photos, but it's like nothing. That's oh, so crazy wow. that your room like exists as is. Yeah, the my, my journals are underneath the bed. Oh wow, wow. I have a, I have a um, that's sweet. What's it called? Uh, like a a, a box with the, the like like you know. a memory box? No, 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 no not a safe. No, a safe. Thank you. Oh, wow. No scrapbook. A safe with journals in there that I don't want my mom to read. And I have the key hidden. I remember where it's hidden. I mean, I go home like three times a year. So you I need know. to bust that out and laugh. I know. I'm, That's I'm very nervous. important that you do that. That's but a cool thing to share on Instagram, I think. Oh, like yeah, just like little snippets. Yeah, right. you're right. That's a, I'm going to do that next or on time you, I'm home. Or your YouTube channel for that sure. You and, your, you and your husband would right. die laughing. You're I right. <laughs> well, I've had him like years ago read through some of my old journals and he does like the most funny voices. Oh. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love him. I love him too. <laughs> Well, gotta record him to do that. That could be a whole podcast. That's just so right there. Funny. Yes. <laughs> oh I mean, him God. reading your journal in a funny voice. Yeah. 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 There's nothing better. I'm gonna do that. There's nothing better. I needed this inspiration. Thank you. No, so I got funny. you. So, wait, you grew up in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Mm-hmm. What was that like? We got, I haven't been to Atlanta. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Atlanta's great. It I grew up great. in the suburbs. What suburb? Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny though. This is kind of, I mean, they can't come after me now. Statue of limitations. But I never lived in Alpharetta. I went to Montessori school there. And my mom 
she was just so impressed with the school system in, in Alpharetta. It's like the best school system in Georgia, I think. Wow. At least it was when I was a kid. And so we used someone else's address for me to go to school from. So I went to Montessori up until first grade. Wow. And first grade until the day I graduated, I used someone else's address to go to school. And it was one of my friend's Love addresses that. too. So it was like... Kind I mean, nowadays, I don't think that was. Did she tell the friend? Yeah, she knew. <laughs> oh, she, she knew. Okay. She kept the secret I the whole that. time. Yeah, I love it. Her, her sure. whole family, Someone. we all kept it. For sure. Yeah. I would do that for anyone. It was amazing because we're, I mean, we're not, clearly not related. Different last names, but all the school stuff for the whole entire time I was in school went to her house. It, wow. It was, Yeah. And I even like transferred schools. I went to th- I went to two different high schools and yeah. used that address and genius. Yeah, so so I grew up in Alpharetta, but I actually never lived in Alpharetta. Yeah. I lived I always lived in Gwinnett County. Mm-hmm. It's like Norcross and my mom now lives in a town called Swanee, Georgia, which is cool. Seems like it's popping now. She Really? <laughs> my mom is single, right? I said that. And she is like ready to mingle. Mm-hmm. So there's a little town town square and they've got this place called Tequila Mama, which is like oh, wow. popping to her, <laughs> not to me. Popping. She's like, Janae, you need to go. To, you and Max need to, you know, when you're here, we were there last month. You need to go to Tequila Mama. They have amazing parties there. They got a DJ. It's amazing. They got like all these drinks. So we go there, not at night. We went there with the baby during the day. And it's like, it's really funny. Like this, that way of life. Like wow. she doesn't have to go to the city anymore. Yep. She just goes to the town square goes to Tequila Mama. They have like movies out in the lawn. Oh, and they know each other. Like, like I'm sure people town. know each other. Yeah they, all, yeah. they all know each other. She's dating um, a real estate agent. Oh, oh and yeah, he one. knows everybody, uh-huh. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. What's it like kind of seeing your mom date and kind I've of always, like come into that? Okay, so the thing is my mom, my, my parents were, they split up when I was really little, like four maybe. I think, mm. I think they were, I was four. So they were never together. My mom, my whole life has been dating. She was married for a short amount of time when I was 11, mm-hmm. um, but she was, she's always been dating. It was, it's weirder when she's not dating mm-hmm. and like when she was married. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally used to it. And like yeah. all the different people and she's nowadays, now that she's older, for some reason she's dating like extreme characters. Oh. <laughs> When I was a kid, she's maybe real they, bored. Yeah, exactly. She's, a, she's like, spice up my life, right? Some crazy person. Someone that's shy, though, probably attracts that. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. a way, in a way exactly. that the person really sees that person, they're like, yes. I feel like I can. Yes, exactly. Really express myself. You know, there's the balance. I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the the man who's like I said, the real estate agent now, he knows everyone, so he's like very. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she's fun, right? But she's still kind of she's still kind of mm. shy. It's a nice you know balance of of personality with them. I've never cool. met him. I just hear about this. Oh yeah, you know, and <laughs> I can I can I've seen her date Feel so many it. other people, so I I think I understand how it goes. And your dad? And my dad, he's married now to my so he's married for the second time. My current stepmom, amazing. Mm. She's so sweet. They've been together like 10 years now. They got married three years ago. She's so sweet. She's like super intelligent. She reads all these books. She's like, she's so easy to talk to. So understanding. So like intuitive. It's amazing. I bet she would love to hear you say that. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not used to that. (laughs) My mom is not like that at all. Am I... Yeah, I don't really have anyone in my like blood family, mm-hmm. biological family who's like that. Mm-hmm. So That's so cool. Yeah, very thoughtful. Oh, kind. Really sweet. My grandmother's kind of like that. She's so 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 sweet. Yeah. But my stepmom is just like 
She's like someone I feel like someone I would have met like just like in my travels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like as an adult rather Isn't that than funny how life works like that yeah. where like divorce does feel like oh such a heartbreak and it is. Yeah. But then like the rearrangement and who they meet right. and who they're with. And then it like fills something in you. Right. And like creates a relationship that you it's never would have had. Beautiful. It's really cool. I'm lucky though, because when my parents split, I was so little, I didn't know. I didn't have yeah. to go through any like, you know, that feeling of divorce mm-hmm. when your parents, divorce when you're older. Mm-hmm. To me, like them being to, to you're apart has always been normal. Mm-hmm. So that's made it a lot easier. Yeah. 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 yeah I think- it's funny, I think both ways, because my parents divorced when I was like, right when I went to college. Mm. I think when I was, how old are you when you go to college? 18, 18, 18. Yeah. And I think they stayed married for a few years longer to, mm. to wait, Yeah, which is very kind. But I think that it was nice because I had them together for the time. It's not like it was healthy or it was good. There was a lot of things going on, but it, it was nice that I had the experience of my childhood with them together. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. It's funny when I was little, I remember all my friends around me were divorced, mm. had divorced parents. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, mine are still together. They're like, that's why. <laughs> 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 like little do you know, and even now it's weird to be like, yeah, they're divorced. Cause it's uh. like, it's in my idea and perception that they're together. Oh, wow. that's what I remember. Right. Mm-hmm. You Until know? you're 18. Until my yeah. 18. Like they were married for 33 years. Wow. Crazy. That is mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. Wow. And then, so where did your, the vegan journey start? Cause I know that's such yeah. a big part of you and, and yeah. everything you do. It started, well, it starts way back. Mm-hmm. It's funny though. So my, I remember my dad, he was raised vegan, crazy, but he was raised in a religious community called the Hebrew Israelites. Mm. And they're sort of like, if you think of the nation of Islam for, you know, black people in the United States, it's sort of like that with Judaism. And they're different. You might hear of like the Hebrews. There are different like groups within the Hebrew umbrella, yeah. but they're all like these sort of, you know, black groups. But specifically my dad grew up as part of the Hebrew Israelites these people are all vegan. They read, they, you know, they read the Old Testament very, very literally. And, you know, in the very, very beginning in Genesis, it's like God gave, I don't, don't quote me on this now. Cause I don't know. the <laughs> I, I, I did not grow up with this religion or much of any. Um, we'll forward those emails <laughs> to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so God, you know, gave you the fruit of the trees, whatever. Um, and so to them, yeah. You, that means you are supposed to only eat an, or plants and avoid eating all animal products. So my, my dad grew up like that. And it wasn't until he was in his 20s when he met my mom, according to him, I don't know, mm. met my mom that he first tried animal products. I think he had had some when he was like really, really little, but for the bulk of his you know formative years, he was vegan. So fast forward, I'm a little girl. I remember him telling me stories of being vegan and being a raw vegan. And I was like, what is that? How did you cook? How did you eat beans and rice? He's like, well, we didn't eat beans, but you know, we soaked things and we did that, we dehydrated. And he worked at a vegan restaurant in Atlanta. He, he's from DC, but he grew up in like between DC, Long Beach and Atlanta. My, my grandmother was like a nomad. So um, yeah, I remember him telling me all these stories. Also, I had family members. I still have family members who are vegan. His brother, his only sibling moved to Israel, which a lot of the Hebrew Israelites do. He has a huge family there. I have, I think I have like 14 first cousins. Wow. Don't quote me on that either because I might have more and I haven't met them all. I've never been to Israel. All vegan, all raised vegan. They Most of them, all but 
I think all but two or three live here. So I was, and I had like other family members in the United States who were vegan growing up. So I always was surrounded by vegans. However, I kid you not, I never once considered um, being vegan if you were not part of that religious group. I never once, I didn't know anybody would be vegan if they weren't a Hebrew Israelite until I went to New York. I moved to New York. Um, I went to school for acting. I moved to New York to pursue that. I got a job as a vegetarian at a vegan restaurant. And that was the very first time I met a vegan. Wait, you got a job as a vegetarian? Yeah, I was a vegetarian. <laughs> I, was a, I, I was already on my, my path because I, so growing up, one thing, so my dad, you know, he'd eat chicken and fish, not really fish, but he'd eat chicken. And my mom, same, we never ate red meat. I've never had red meat. It was like strictly forbidden. And dairy was like allergic to dairy. So I'd have like, Sometimes that ice cream and that pizza, it's pretty allergic. So, uh, I mean, I was already like, I would say I was plant-based, raised plant-based. I was raised like eating typical 90s in a typical 90s way. Like but I was- gurus and shit. Yeah. Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups, Pop-Tarts, mm-hmm. those are vegan. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know about fruit rolls. But I know Pop-Tarts are vegan. Really? Yes, girl. I was just at Walmart with my grandma. Oh, and wow. I'm like, let's get these. They're vegan. I wow. Love the s'mores one? That. I don't know if all of them mm. are vegan. That one might not be. Love the strawberry. Oh, strawberry? I love the strawberry mm. too. I love when you like break it. It's like, Oof. right? And it's like, you just- And I like when they have the icing on the top. Yeah. And Oof. I just cut out the corners. Is the icing Oh, vegan? I know. I know. The icing only. <laughs> the icing? Yeah, I think so. Oh, cool. I don't even remember which one I picked up. Fuck, it's yeah. It's like Oreos. Yeah, exactly. Like nail polish. It's like just pure wild toaster strudel. Right. I don't think I could eat that now. Uh -uh. Like truly, the the flavor I probably couldn't. But I grew up eating that and loving that. Of course. And my grandmother, you know, she's she always cooks like soul food, but it was always very plant based. You know, we'd eat tons of greens, tons of beans, tons of grains, and and sweet potatoes, of course. So I was pretty much raised. Plant-based, I never, I would never think of it like that back then. So I think it was easy for me. My dad had been vegan. I knew vegans. I was so used to eating, you know, plants and ton of beans and such. And so when I went to college, I had this point of time where I really wanted to start eating well and healthier because I didn't want to, I went to school for acting and I was very like body conscious, but I was not willing to diet. I don't like diets. I didn't want it, but I was like worried, like gaining weight and such. Mm -hmm. But my mom has always been really good about like saying, well, if you just eat healthy, you don't need to worry about that. Don't worry about calories. Don't worry how much you weigh, da, da, da. So I knew that. So for me in college, I had this point where I was like, I'm just going to eat healthy. I'm just gonna be like my mom. My mom still to this day is like only eats like really clean, like salads and she drinks wine. That's like her only vice for mm-hmm. consumption. She doesn't eat junk food, she doesn't eat candy, she doesn't eat nothing. Um, so I just, I'll just be like my mom, just eat well and I'm not gonna have to worry about my body because it's just gonna work out. And honestly, that is totally what happened because I stopped, I, I started eating even more plant-based. I started, I gave up all the junk food. I stopped like having like brain fog and such. I had been eating like tons of fake sugar, like Splenda before then. Mm. That all went away. I stopped caring about what my body looks like altogether because then I got so interested in food and like new vegetables and new ways of cooking and I, like things I had never been exposed to in my childhood. So I was in college. That's why I was, I was away in Boston. So I was like all this time to explore on my own. And that is really what propelled me forward to like where, what I do today, like cooking with food and being plant-based and like using food as a way to, of course, like 
nourish yourself, but just to be your best self, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's when that started, started eating plant-based, gave up all the junk food, moved to New York City, worked at a vegan restaurant. Then it was introduced to veganism as another thing other than a religious. So introduced to it as like from the ethical point of view, the health point of view, environmental, that all really spoke to me. So I became vegan a year after working at the restaurant. I went overnight because I was like, I don't know, y'all, I cannot give up pizza. As sick as it makes me feel, I'm not going to give it up. Uh, but eventually, a year into working there, I became vegan. And then that that being becoming vegan like really like triggered something in me. I just becoming vegan, making the decision that I am vegan now made me feel like, not that I had all the answers, but I, that I had like some sort of purpose and like path in life. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I felt like I have something to pursue now. Mm. I'm going to help other people discover this thing that I've discovered. Like, like I said before, like using food to make you feel good and to like improve your life and for whatever, you know, for whatever improvement you need, whether it's health issues or just like, you know, a lot of people, like for me included, I, I felt very guilty about eating animal products, especially eating them and working at a vegan restaurant. I felt so guilty. So you know, helping you people align with their their values in life also. So fast forward, I do this now. I was a I was a private chef in New York for many years. That was my first, you know, rendition of being a professional vegan. I did a lot of I, I ran a lot of online programs helping people become vegan for years. I always had the blog in the background. I started this in 2010 and just kind of like a hobby. YouTube channel also is a hobby. And then I started doing Sweet Potato Soul, the blog and YouTube channel full-time in 2016. Wow. And that's what I do today. Wow. <laughs> that's my stuff. Did you notice a difference like when you started to cook for yourself and really eat intentionally? Like just, I guess what I'm getting at is like the energy that you put into the food. Because yes. I think like, I, I remember a time, especially in college, where like food was kind of, like we weren't friends. Yeah. Like I would just kind of like, I would I would eat it out of emotional distress. Yes. I wouldn't be intentional when I ate it. I would deprive myself mm-hmm. and then binge. Mm-hmm. You know, just all this stuff. So, yes. like, do, what was what was that feeling of like putting love into your food, and how do you think it changed your body? I mean, that's like what you just described is exactly the relationship I had had with food before that de- mm-hmm. deprivation and then binging uh-huh. after, uh, and then like the guilt around all of that. So when I started, like this whole, I really think it, I'm I'm really grateful for my mom for never having. She was always kind of like weird about her body, but she never, which you know obviously reflects upon uh, with you know me too. But she was never a dieter, and she always looked at it like it was you know, I, what I have to do is just, I just need to eat better, not better. Like I'm doing a bet. I mean, what I'm trying to say is my mom was really, even though she had like a weird relationship with her body, sometimes she was very clear to me about like the answer. She never made me feel like you have to like go spend a month, bunch of money you to like fix yourself. She was just like, you just got to eat well. That's like what it is. And of course be active. That's it. Very simple. And so I think there's a bit of like unhealthiness in her approach still. However, the way I took it, you know, for myself and and interpreted for myself, especially when I was in college, was very simple. Was like, I'm just going to eat well. And then, yeah, putting that intention and that love into food and 
for me, it became a passion. So it's not going to become a passion for everyone, right? But for me, it became a passion. So of course, like my body shifted because of, I'm eating better, right? I'm also not putting so much stress into my body. Like the emotional stress of worrying about your food and feeling guilty about your food and your body is enormous. That might be worse than eating junk food. I don't know, but it's, we all know that how, you know, terrible stress is for us. Mm-hmm. So for me, yes, it becoming a passion and, and, and like giving me some sort of like direction and, you know, knowing how, I felt like I always knew how to eat. I never felt like I needed to figure that part out. Yeah. So that's the part that I thank my mom for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're on this path to be in it with acting mm-hmm. and then you're like, and then this came along, like, were you, like, I guess I'm trying to get at your, your path to creating a business. Were you ever really trying to, to act? And like, how did you feel mm. about having this come up in your life okay. when you were trying to act in New York? I was done yeah. with acting. By the time Where'd I- you go to college? To BU. Mm, I went to BC. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, BU is such a great program. Yeah, it is. Intense. Yeah. Did you, what did you study? I studied theater and English yeah. as well. Um, wow. Uh, and it was great. It was also intense yeah. in a different way, but I loved it. Oh, I did too. I loved it. I loved it. Too. It's within the container of college and high school. Yes. Like you can really, because you're playing roles that you would never play in the professional right. world. You're given opportunities to just be creative in that exactly. way. But but yeah, I mean, That's I went to New York after as well. And uh-huh. yeah, it's not as romantic. No, see, this is my, that was my total, my whole experience. So romantic in school, the exploration of self and mm-hmm. like character. It's just so Best. much fun. I feel like, I feel so blessed to have even experienced that. Truly. You know, and in a conservatory program, it was just great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then you move to New York and you actually have to go for auditions for silly stuff. And that's like not challenging yeah. and not interesting. And, you know, it's political and like trying to meet casting directors and, I didn't like any of it. I really, really didn't. So, but then the, I did a really great show. I was just thinking about it last night because my girlfriend is currently in a, she's starting rehearsals for a show with um, one of my, my, the other actors that was in the show with me. Mm. Uh, On Broadway or? No, it's at. TV show? No, it's, it's it's a play. Alabama Shakespeare. Cool. Theater, I guess it's called. I really want to go see her, but. I was just thinking about it. Etymology of Bird is the name of the play. Mm. And it was amazing. It was part of the Summer Stage Festival in New York City. My first full summer. So summer of 2010. And it was great. But then after that, my acting, like that show was over. And I'm like bored and not inspired anymore. And I could never, I continued going to auditions. I was doing commercials for a while, but I never like got the passion back at all. And so when I be when I was working in that vegan restaurant and when I became vegan, I was already at the point where I was done and I was I was looking for something else. Mm. But when you go to school for acting, you know, like it's kind of like going it's so specialized. It's like going to school to be a doctor. Like if you're not a doctor, like what other what are you going to do? You decide you want to be a doctor. You same with being an actor. You went to school for acting. Like you I literally I took like a few math classes and like a few English yeah. classes, but that was everything else was like acting. So what else am I going to do now that I want to be an actor anymore? Like I have no skills. I felt, 
which obviously is not true, but that's what I felt. So I was searching and I was like confused and I was having like a early quarter life crisis. And then I became vegan and that's that light bulb that was like, oh, I'm going to do something with this. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm, I don't, I'm not acting. I'm not playing any roles anymore, but I'm, you know, I'm on camera now and I'm present presenting yeah. now. And, you know, so it's, I think it is similar in a way. Yeah. It's interesting to like, let go of that and then allow, you know, something new to come through. Yes. And then also like being appreciative of all the things you did learn in acting yeah. school that are serving you now. Right. It's so amazing. It's amazing. It's really- Did you have to like mourn that or were you like, I'm good? Mm, I think I mourned it. Yeah. I mourned it. Yeah. Especially seeing my other friends. So, mm. you know, in the program, I became so close with so many people and they, most of them moved out here because most of them wanted to do TV and film. And like they, I was far away from them. That was difficult. My best friends lived here like right after college. And then, so they were over here. I was, you know, not doing acting anymore. So it was like extra tough, just not having anyone around me who, who understood what I was going through. So yeah, it was a, it was a process yeah. for sure. Yeah. So after, so once you kind of got that ping that, okay, this is this is going to be part of my purpose, like what were those first actual steps that like put you in that direction and, and gave you forward movement? I've always been, I've always been super ambitious and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So like, this is like my chance to be an entrepreneur. So I was, like I said, I was working in the restaurant. I was a waiter at the restaurant. And what restaurant was I know. It? Peace <laughs> Food Cafe. Peace Food? Oh, yeah. Peace I fucking food. love Peace Food. Ah, at mm-hmm. Union? Yeah. No, Union. not that one. That was I was there way before that one. Upper West Side, 82nd in Amsterdam. Oh, I think it may be. So there's two of them. Yeah. So they opened the second location at Union. Didn't yeah. we eat at that one yeah. on the Upper East Side? Yeah. West Side. Upper West. West. I've been there. Yeah. But it's I've definitely great. been at the one at Union. Yeah. I don't know if we were talking about, we ate at Blossom a few times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I love it, especially the baked goods. Mm-hmm. I was they made me such a junk food vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every day when I start work. So I'd already like have had breakfast and stuff at, at home. Come to work and then I would just eat. They had like um the second the second day or the day old muffins and such. Oh. My coworkers and I would just like go go in. Yeah. We'd eat like three muffins every day. Before like our shift started every day. Thank God it was like semi-healthy. I was in like a really bad bar food situation yeah. oh, when really? I was bartending. I'm like, and then I would just Yeah. I worked at Outback Steakhouse, y'all. Really? Nothing's worse. Ooh. A blooming onion. Ooh. Cheese Whoa. fries. Oh no. With ranch dressing. <laughs> oh no. Did they give you guys? Like, oh yeah. They'd always meals? be like, oops, we made an extra. And there'd be like a plate of fucking cheese yeah. fries in the back, and everyone would be like, gotta eat it. Yeah. I would eat, you know, they loaf of bread. Yeah. I would literally eat a loaf of bread for dinner. Oh my god. And be like, I just want to have a loaf of bread and ranch dressing. I've never been to Outback because you know I never eat red meat. I never, you know. It's a gem of the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they got it all throughout Georgia. I was working at the the Outback Steakhouse that was by uh Kings Island, which is a amusement park. Mm-hmm. So people would come in like wet and like oh, from God. the pool. And oh, sitting in like, like the booth, sitting in the booth, all wet oh, and stuff. No. The one thing I remember about oh, it, there's Outback. a two hour line though. People fucking love that. Oh, I'm yes, sure. right. Was the lighting like it was almost yeah. like this romantic lighting on each booth? Really? Yeah. I'm like why? <laughs> people got engaged all the time. Wow. <laughs> but it was crazy when I first Ohio. started. People could smoke at the bar. Really? Isn't that nutty? Yeah. How old are you? Fifty? Yo, I was like honestly, <laughs> I was like I fifteen at the time. <laughs> no, I know, but like, are you fifty? You know, because that was like a while that ago. Was, I know, isn't that weird? Ohio, no, Ohio's though. different. It's a state yeah, line. Uh, Georgia too. It's Georgia a, too. Georgia too, honey. Yeah. And there's a, I think in 
Nevada. That's wild. You yeah. can still smoke in the bars. Yeah, there's some places where I was recently, maybe international, and people were still smoking at the bars. Oh my god! My mom was a stewardess during the time when they could smoke on planes. <gasps> yeah, oh my, my dad goodness. said that. Like, what? My dad wow. was like, we used to wear okay? suits when we'd go on planes and fly. He's yeah. like, we would honestly wear our Sunday best. We'd wear what? suits. Oh no, I wear my Sunday worst. Yeah, literally. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. How times have changed. I know, honestly. Yeah, right. So you're in New York feeling a little lost and you've discovered veganism. Mm -hmm. How did you Oh yeah. Like how did I get started the first? So yeah, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, right? And so, you know, working in the restaurant, I'm like, okay, well, I'm surrounded Upper West Side, a lot of wealthy people. Yeah. A lot of you know, the customers, they want to eat vegan, but they don't want to eat at the restaurant all the time. Mm. I didn't want to work in the kitchen because it was too stressful. So I decided I'm going to start a private chef company. I already knew how to cook. I'd been like experimenting in the kitchen for years at this point. So I decided to, you know, use my connections in the restaurant and get some clients as a private chef. It didn't happen overnight though, because (laughs) these clients, I mean, a lot of the people at the restaurants are like, oh, it's expensive. So it took me... And the time I decided to start as a private chef, it took me like probably six months to get my first client. And I was like putting flyers and like, I was thinking, where would my ideal client be, right? The fancy nail salons, like doing little things at fancy hair salons. And I would do like, um, I would like set up and do like sampling, you know, mm-hmm. at fanciest yoga studios, pure yoga and on the Upper West Side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good one. I, st- I practiced there too. So I was like, I'm going to know all these people. Genius. But no. <laughs> my first client though, I think she got my, I do think she got my flyer at one of the nail salons. And then it was, after I got her, it was great because she recommend, recommended me to her friends. And then she started doing uh, like a meal share with her friends. So they would, they would, pay me more to cook more. And then they would split it and the other friend would just come and pick it up. I didn't even have to take it to her house. And then recommending me for like dinners. You guys want to have a special dinner? Hire Janae to come and cook for you. I started doing cooking classes. Just took off after that, after I got the first client. And I started doing meal delivery, preparing things in my home and taking it to clients as well. It was awesome. And I, like I said, I did that full time from 2012 to 20. 16. Wow. It's a lot of work. It yeah. Was. Did you have a team? No. No. Are you joking? All me. Where'd you cook at your all place? Me. Mostly in people's homes. Okay. But sometimes Holy. in my, my house. Wow. Holy. Crazy. And I also started doing supper clubs. Um, there's a woman Smart. named Daphne Chang. She's in, in China now working, but she had a great supper club in Tribeca. Cool. It was all vegan and, you know, different vegan chefs would come in and we'd, you know, cook. And it was great. And we could serve 50, 50 people. No, maybe not that much. It was a lot of people though, maybe 40. And I always had to hire a team to help me with things like that. But like day to day, just me shopping, taking to the client's homes. It was so hard because in New York, you know, taking the subway and I'm taking cabs around. And it was just like, so just- Running around town. Around. And I was really young though. I started it when I was 24. So at least I was like- yeah. Had a lot of energy yeah. and like my body was like okay with that. But yeah, fast forward to the time, like by the time I stopped, it was too much. I did a supper club in my home even. Wow. I called it Little Harlem Kitchen. I got a big, beautiful marble table um, on this website called App Deco. It's like Craigslist for like oh. nice furniture. Wait, writing that down? Yes, writing it's that still, down. it's just not, I don't think it's in LA though. Oh, fuck. They I probably wish. have one out here. I've been Somewhere, looking on more yeah, like, yeah. you know, 
uh, sites where pe- people are selling their furniture, yes. like more upscale, but yes. it's for- affordable. Amazingly it's affordable. Amazingly. I, I resold that table for a little bit more than I purchased it Shut for. Up. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I did the supper clubs in my house. I was also doing online programs too. So I would create online programs. Were and- people do? sorry, were people doing this at the time when you were doing it? Or were you like, just like, how did you get these ideas to do these things? I, well, mm-hmm. I went to IIN, you know, integrated yeah. nutrition. Yeah. And when I did that program, you know, they talked to you, they have like the business coaching stuff. I was never good at doing the one-on-one co- coaching. I may have been like good at it. Okay. At it, but I was never good at getting clients doing yeah. that. So I just like, Figured well if I do an online program, which were I wasn't the only person doing online programs, but I was probably there, there weren't that many vegan ones at the time. Online programs back then, there were a lot of like business things, like yeah. learn how to market, uh, yeah, like that. And so I figured, oh, well, I'll just do one to teach you how to be vegan, mm-hmm. not to make money, but to eat vegan, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, and I took a, I did another program that I heard about through IIN called Holistic MBA. And it's these amazing women, they're business coaches, and they have like these online business coaching programs. I did wow. one of their programs and I learned how to like put it together and how to market and how to like build my list. I, I've had a newsletter since 2011 wow. before I started this stuff. Oh, I just like had it because I had my blog and I just, why not, right? It was free back then because I only had like 200 subscribers. Yeah. That's expensive Mailchimp, now. Do you have yeah. Mailchimp? Mailchimp, yeah, I have it's Mailchimp. It's ridiculous. It's so expensive. We get like a new email every day that's like, your pricing yeah, structure has yeah. changed. I'm like, what the? I know, I That's know. like the little things with, you know, running no complaints, but right. that's the little things with running a business yes. that you don't think about. Dropbox. Yeah, expenses. Google. Yeah, Google, Google storage, admin, you know, right? just to have Dropbox, your email, just have your with email e- with Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these we little spend things. like 500 a month in fees yeah. for stuff like that. Websites, everything like that. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe even more. Yeah. All the, like the backup stuff. Yep. Yeah. Website, Maybe WordPress site. And then in the end of the year, you know, just have, having to hire people to fix stuff, like on, especially on WordPress. Mm-hmm. It's just outrageous because they always start at at least $500 to do something. And it usually takes an hour. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's the work. Gotta do what you, you gotta write do. it off. It's fine. It's fine. Were you educating yourself or reading a lot about veganism too? Yes, like, okay. Whole time. What are some of your favorites? Well, the first thing I actually read when I became vegan was The Veganist by Kathy Freston. Oh, and I, I've never I, heard. She is great. She, she's like a self-help author. Ooh. And I'm not sure if The Veganist was her first vegan book, but it was like the first explicitly that I know of. But she's she lives out here. She's like, she's a beautiful blonde woman who like I thought I'm going to read her book and it's not going to be too like, it's not going to be too graphic. Mm. It's going to be like light, like why you should go vegan light. But as light as it was, it was like so transformative to me. And I was like depressed. Not that it's sad to be like, I don't want people to like go vegan and be depressed, but I was depressed reading her book because I was reading like so much about like animal agriculture and stuff. In this vegan light book, it was just like so overwhelming to me. But that was the first one that I read. Mostly what I would read though is just Mm. cookbooks. And just, I was learning really about like, you know, flavor combinations and how to cook vegan, how to make, I used to make, 
I used to like experiment, experiment so much more in the kitchen when I was cooking for people and I would just, you know, go get cookbooks and like, I'm today I'm going to make like Korean scallion pancakes or things like that, which I never, I don't do any of that anymore. Um, but yeah, I was just like ham on cookbooks. I had had so many, I would get them from the library, read them, you know, from front to back, yeah. learn mm-hmm. so much, especially from them. That's a smart approach. Yeah. Cause it's like knowing what people like anyway. Yeah. And then kind of, and then creating recipes yes. and ways in which they can make that vegan. So exactly. can you give us some examples for people who are vegan curious mm-hmm. or who want to be mainly plant-based? Like mm-hmm. what, what could they do that won't kind of like, I don't know. I, I think sometimes when I think about like becoming vegan, it's, it's like all or nothing. And it has mm-hmm. to, it, it will be a sacrifice kind mm-hmm. of in your soul. Cause you're like, Oh, I want that thing that, and <laughs> yeah, now I can yeah, never yeah, have yeah. it again. So like, can we take that myth away and just, right. what would you recommend to clients who are, are curious? Well, I always recommend that people just start out eating or veganizing or eating vegan versions of foods that they're already familiar with. So not upending your whole food world, not just going, like just not introducing yourself to all new foods and flavors right away, Mm -hmm. but just veganizing. Like my favorite foods are the foods that I grew up eating. And so, you know, I have a cookbook and it's just veganized versions of the food that my grandmother cooked when I was growing up. So like a lot of Creole, well, we're, you know, living in the South, soul food, but also Creole food we loved a lot. So Creole things made vegan, soul food made vegan, biscuits, pancakes, um, grits, etouffee, things like that, that I just already had a a taste for. And no matter what your culture is, you can do that, literally any culture. And specifically though, it's a lot easier than people realize because, you know, most of our food cultures are rooted in eating plants. Like if you're a vegan, especially back in the day before we had all these, all these vegan restaurants, if I wanted a good meal and I wanted vegan options, I would go to an ethnic restaurant. So I would go especially to Asian restaurants, Indian restaurants, Mexican restaurants, even because you can just get things without cheese and be like, is this cooked mm-hmm. with you know chicken stock? A lot of times it wasn't. So eating ethnic food has always been like my go-to as a vegan. So if you're coming from some sort of ethnic background, you can just, you know, recreate, like you don't even have to recreate a lot of these recipes. You're just like swapping out. If you were used to using, you know, putting chicken in something you could do for me, I always do mushrooms. Nowadays also there's all these actual like one-to-one uh, meat alternatives. So like beyond chicken, beyond meat, da 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 these sausages and stuff. So you literally can just buy that and make the same thing with that. So it's a lot easier than a lot of yeah. people think. And, you know, here in, in America, if our food culture is like purely like American, then it went, and by the way, American food culture to my mind is what we were talking about before, like Pop-Tarts and things. Then I think the bigger issue is not like trying to make it vegan, but trying to just add more plants onto your plate and then worry about going fully vegan. So a lot of that junk, like we were saying before, is already vegan anyways. So yeah. yeah. Oreos are vegan, right? Yeah, they're vegan. Um, what have you seen as far as like the response, you know, online and sharing your veganism? Like I know it can be divisive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Have you had that experience? And sort of what's your... I, you know, I don't, I don't have too many divisive ex- experiences yeah. and I never really have. And I think it's just my personality. Yeah. I'm just kind of like bright and smiley and people just come to me like that. Um, 
but I have had a lot of conversations, especially when it comes to like this, this question of, is vegan like some, some hoity toity thing, some white thing, some privileged thing. That's a conversation that I love having because I, because people, the assumption is that if you're vegan, you're white, you're wealthy, you only shop at you know, Erewhon here in LA or some sort of alternative, like super ritzy, expensive grocery store. And you don't, another thing is that you just simply, you only care about animals. You could care less about, you know, what other people are going through. So why are you caring so much about animals when people are suffering? That's a conversation that I'm always having. And that's like constantly swirling around me too, as a black vegan. I always just come back to the fact that veganism sure like our our ancestors were not a hundred percent vegan most of our ancestors were not but they were a lot closer to being a hundred percent vegan than what people are eating today you know the things that we're eating today this whole like industrialized food system is brand new it's only been it's been around for less than a hundred years this way we eat eating the amount of animal products that we eat is so new. It's even, you know, in the last 50 years, this is new. All the health conditions and problems that we're having are so new. So for us to look at this way of eating and living as Mm. something like innately human and something that we need to hang on to is just, it's just misinformed, you know? Eating plant-based is how people have always eaten. It's a lot, it's so much more efficient to eat plants. It doesn't make sense to raise animals in like a regular system for humans for to raise animals and just eat them every day because you'll never have enough animals. You'll run out. So, you know, you have your animals, maybe you milk the animals or you have the animals to help you to grow food or whatever, but you eat the animals. Traditionally, people have been eating animals for like, if they're raising animals, like, you know, on their own land, they've been eating them They'd like kill a goat or something, sacrifice a goat for a sacrifice or kill it maybe for a big celebration. Mm -hmm. And when it came to hunting, people were not like, people hunted and when they they killed animals, it was a a sacred act. It was about- They would use every part. Using every part. And they recognized the animal was, you know, had given their life Mm -hmm. for- for that person to eat them in a way, you know, thinking of it this way. We don't live like that at all anymore. So it's just silly to to think that. And it is also, if you think that all vegans are, you know, rich, rich and white and da, 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 you're just not looking because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people who are not like that. Yeah. yeah. I want to touch on, on, on that in a little bit more detail, but I, I did want to bring up, we saw this recently that um, the Trump administration, like when talking about animal agriculture and the shift that we've seen in the past 100 years, the Trump administration overturned the organic livestock and poultry practices, which is a rule that happened in the Obama administration that regulates welfare standards for farmed animals whose meat can be sold as organic. Mm -hmm. So he basically eliminated Mm -hmm. a lot of the regulations that Obama put in place that really protected consumers from believing and trusting that meat was labeled organic. Mm -hmm. And what he's also doing is he's allowing factory factory farms have their staff be the people that are inspecting all of the meat rather than someone that's mm-hmm. from a government. Right. So that means that Cargill or like all these companies mm-hmm. that 
you know, Purdue can basically have people that they hire within their organization be the people that are inspecting. So basically we can't trust a lot right. of the practices that we're doing Absolutely inside, not. which is terrible. It's crazy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And if you're so, if you're super, super pro-business as a actual, like an individual, not like the government, not as Trump, if you're super pro-business, you can look at that and you can see, even if you are super pro-business, you can look at that and you can see the flaws in that logic. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can see how that's not protecting you as a consumer, right? I know my mom, for example, I love my mom, but we don't agree with these things. My mom mm-hmm. is very, she loves Trump, mm-hmm. Trump supporter. And she, but it's interesting though, because she's, she's at the same time, she's an environmentalist. Yeah. She is so, so she loves animals. She doesn't eat. She's almost totally vegan. She wouldn't, she's like, like I said, she, she's always been plant-based, right? Loves animals. Doesn't, she, if she heard that, she would think, you know. Fake news. She might be, actually, you know really. Let me tell you what she thinks. Honestly, she probably <laughs> would say that person. I'd be like, no, look here. It's, it's on their, their website. But she would be like, well, you know, it's just, just the, the cost of progress, right? So many people look at that. But if you look at it like that, are you still still? Are you going to eat the food? Are you going to eat that meat? That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Like cost of progress, they're, I love they, they're doing that. Thing to say. Yeah, but are you going to eat that? Yeah. No. And mm-hmm. would you want somebody else to eat that? No. Would we... You know, it's just yeah. keeping us sick. Yeah, it's keeping not even, us sick. Yeah, it's not and, even a Trump thing. No, it's it just isn't. the issue thing, which right. is like the problem that we believe and we have faith right now in corporations and government yes. to be the ones protecting right. us we from trust things them like more this. Than the government, we trust them. Yeah, but really, it's a harmful practice. And now we need to be more careful than ever when people are buying organic meats, which is extremely unfortunate. And they're still going to charge way more money for those organic. And that's exactly it. And it's also like. Why, like, of all the things for them to focus on mm-hmm. and to overturn into whatever, it's like money, of course. Right. But yeah. like, it's just so it distracts away from what's really happening, which is an interesting thing that they do well, all the time. For yeah. me, as a, as you know, a, I think I do think of myself as an activist, even though you know, if you go on my website and my blog, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm sharing recipes with people, you know, and yeah. lifestyle tips and inspiration. But fundamentally, I think of myself as an activist, and I think of what I do as a revolutionary act because I'm helping people to see that you don't have to eat that way. That's not the only way, and you know, the government they can you know regulate and they should regulate a lot harder. But I really do believe that. They're not going to regulate if we are basically the individuals, us, we have to make change first for the government to listen and for these companies to listen. The companies, they've been doing this stuff with organic produce and meat for a long time. Mm -hmm. The fact that the organic certification is so expensive and that small farms, a lot of them can't even afford to pay for it really helps large farms, right? The fact that, you know, the, the the government right now, because of the trade wars in China, they're giving farmers so much money. That money that the government is giving to farmers is not going to small individual farmers. It's going to these humongous corporations, right? These farm corporations that are- It's like a buyout pretty much. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, the onus is on us as, I mean, it's on the government too, but for us as informed individuals, it's very much on us to help other people to yeah. see this, whether those people are rich or poor or, you know, that doesn't matter. It's so much, it's an issue that affects all of us. And it's just, yeah, we have to make changes right now. At the same time that they did this with the organic certification, 
companies like Cargill are investing more in plant-based foods mm-hmm. too. So they don't care about, they're, they're not, they have like no moral stance. Exactly. Right? They just care about money. Yep. And so we have to help them. We have to shift them more because they're not going to go away. Yeah. Hopefully the government will regulate yeah. too. But I wanted to read too. So just one of my favorite quotes about, so the book that turned me to being vegan. I'm mm-hmm. plant-based now. I have collagen every once in a while and I'll have honey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily say I'm vegan, you know, if I get caught. Um, yeah, but mostly, mostly, mostly. Yeah. yeah. But I've been um, vegan for four years, vegetarian for like 10. Wow. And one of the books that turned me on to was Eating Animals by yes. Jonathan Sanfower. It's very, very powerful. Exactly. And it's, it's no joke. And one of my favorite quotes is from Jonathan. We know at least that this decision ending factory farming. And that was really his stance as it mm-hmm. related to it was ending factory farming mm-hmm. over anything. Yeah, We'll prevent deforestation, curb global warming, reduce pollution, save oil reserves, lessen the burden on rural America, decrease human rights abuses, improve public health, and help eliminate the most systematic animal abuse in history. Mm-hmm. And when I think about why I am plant-based over anything mm-hmm. else, that really encompasses all the reasons. Yes, It can touch on every aspect of things that I'm aware of as a conscious person in my life. So people don't understand that at factory farms, what they do is they use illegal immigrants Mm -hmm. oftentimes. So they will bring in people from Mexico, from places where they don't, they don't give them the rights. They are paying them fair wages. And then if they were to hear about government coming in to check on the factory farm, they would Put, ship them back to Mexico. So they take advantage of people that live in yeah. underprivileged places. And just like the practices, of course, are so terrible and so yes. inhumane. And it's unfortunate that we are in the position where we have to do this, mm-hmm. but it's coming to that point. Yeah. You know, not where we have to become vegan. I'm not saying that, but where we have to really step in and be thoughtful about exactly. it because it's very obvious that what is going on is not right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very. Very, but I think I think it's I think there's still so many people who don't even know because yeah. I hear a lot about there's a lot of um, even in my own life you know uh, I know a lot of people who are not vegan specifically because they think that it's it's just it's it doesn't matter you know it doesn't it's hurt. we're talking about animals here but what about humans but they don't understand the connection between uh, yeah. like what we're saying like. Working on a factory farm is incredibly dangerous. Dangerous. Like you said, they're bringing in people who are undocumented, who are they're underpaying, they're not giving their rights. They're, they are treating the humans inhumanely. Yep. Also, the people who live around factory farms, it's polluting their waterways, yes. like their airways, North Carolina. in North Carolina with the pig farms. Oh my God, I get farms. chills. The poor it's people in North Carolina right? are just so sick right? because of these sh- pig shit filled. Exactly. Swamps, swamps, mm-hmm. exactly. and it's and it's also all the antibiotics and all of yes. the stuff oh that they're feeding. So that's the thing too is like exactly. the system within factory farming fits perfectly into big pharma. Yes. So what they do Doesn't is they it? give antibiotic, they feed them all this shit to keep them alive, to make them grow faster, to have chickens grow to their full size in twenty eight days, mm-hmm. and that money is going to yeah. big pharma, mm-hmm. and that's why and we then- had. Swine flu and like all that kind of yeah. stuff because us sick. these like super need, bugs, right? This and then what we need the drugs for the super bugs. So it's yeah. so, it's good when we get sick, right? Yeah. When pe- the the more people who are sick in this country, the higher our GDP goes up. It is it is it is like economic. It makes wow. economic sense wow. for us to be sick. And I also think about like the people working in the factory farms or even around factory farms and just like energetics of like so oh much death. God. 
you know, like being around oh God, so much death, I know. what that, what that does to right. their spirit, yeah. you know? My heart. Exactly. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine if you were, you know, someone, an illegal immigrant from Mexico, you think no. you're getting a chance to work in the right. United States and, then you, yeah. and you're having to do this job and then, you know, imagine. it just is, it's soul crushing. And then the deforestation, you know, right. happening in Brazil mm-hmm. with the Amazon, yep. the most of that Fires. is factory yes, farming. Exactly. You know, there's just like so much and it's not like we have, this is the sole thing that every single person needs to do. I completely understand that, but moving more towards it is like- Right. Because together, like the, because people often think, and I would think, you know, oh, what's, I'm I'm not going to make a difference in this way. Like if I do it, like it's not going to make a difference, but if you do it and you you talk about it and 10 other people join you and then 10 other people join each one of, it's just, it can make a huge, huge difference. There's, um, do you guys know Gene Bauer? He's an animal rights activist mm. and he's the founder of Farm Sanctuary. They've got a few. It's the one that's called Farm Sanctuary. There's one here in, in California and there's- Oh, there. I went to it. Which okay. Austin. Awesome. In Acton. Yeah. So he's the founder of that. Gentle Barn? No, I went to Gentle Barn. Sorry. Oh, okay. It's near. It's right around okay. the corner from Gentle yeah, Barn. Yeah, yeah. Similar cool. concept. Yeah, but he started- cool. I think he started the first one in the 80s, maybe in the 90s. But anyway, he, he we were talking um, and he was saying how he has this- I don't know if it was his initial idea, but he was telling me about this idea of once once the population hits like 10% of something, 10% of the population is doing whatever thing, then it's a tipping point that really helps spur the rest of everybody else to come along with it. And so veganism, so basically once 10% of the population is vegan or even like plant-based, mostly vegan, then that's the tipping point that's gonna help, you know, everything move forward in that direction mm. so that you'll start like now it might be happening now you McDonald's just announced that they're going to have their first vegan burger plant-based burger i think they're launching it in Canada KFC just launched the beyond chicken in the KFCs in in, in Georgia when i think it was only one location you know all the fast food places now whether it's Del Taco wow. or Burger King they have a vegan option now also at the grocery store like vegan 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 so many people i when i became vegan in 2011 so it wasn't like it was 50 years ago Things were so different than they are today. There weren't nearly as many restaurants. There weren't nearly as many options. When I spoke about being vegan, people would, you know, always they'd be like offended that I'm vegan and want to argue with me. That never happens anymore. The, the conversation and like it the thinking around is. this has shifted so yeah. much. So I don't. I do think. I do think we're moving in the right direction. That new movie, The Game Changers, about like it's it's all about like. Um, but basically how the myth of like protein, us needing protein, though we do need protein, right? But yeah. us needing so much protein. Yeah. Because here in the United States, it's like this obsession of protein. It's a movie that was produced by James Cameron and uh, cool. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in mm-hmm. it. As like, what? I don't know if he's vegan or what. I didn't see it yet, but he's in it. And all these, it's all these like famous athletes, huge Olympians, basketball players, big athletes who are like, yeah, I'm so much healthier, so much, you know, such a better athlete because I don't eat animal products. That's really going to speak to the male population yeah. for sure. And so we're really seeing a shift. So I'm 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 disheartened to hear things about like Trump administration is just no, like dinosaurs same. doing all these stupid, like ridiculous things. But at the same time, us, we as like a population, I do think we're moving forward. I agree. So I think that as much as they want to take steps backwards, 
the momentum is still going forward. I agree. So I'm, it I'm almost like optimistic. calls on us to be yeah. able to act right. Him, his faster and with more power because yeah. so there is, yeah, there is a purpose to there is. the circus. It's like a silver lining. Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> that you called them dinosaurs because that's I literally. Know, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last question for me and I wanted to talk about this with, and you mentioned, but um, being a woman of color in the wellness space, mm-hmm. you know, be, first of all, being a woman of color, that's a vegan. I mm-hmm. completely agree. I don't see that quite often right. and it's so refreshing. What has your experience been like? And do you feel like you have a responsibility? Like, do you feel just like you have, I don't know, like how do, what is it like? Yeah. Well, it's, it's encouraging because now I see so many more people who are, you know, women of color specifically, but also men and everybody in between is like, you know, just people of color period who are more visible in the vegan space and the wellness space. Um, so that's super encouraging. It is, it, in like, it has been hard at times because I've often literally been the only person of color in the room when I'm, you know, on a, on a, press trip or like when I was cooking for people, um, I do an event and like none of the other, none of the, the, the people in my class, for example, were black or of color or anything like that. So it has been hard at times. I grew up in a very diverse, even though it's like Alpharetta, Georgia, it's, it was very diverse upbringing for me. Um, and so it's, Sometimes it's hard just being the only one, but not, it's not like that anymore. Now it's, there's just so many more people who are visible because we've always been there, you know, growing up in Atlanta, Atlanta has such a history and just such a rich of Mm. black vegans and black, just like hippies. That's how I like to think of it. Like they've been around forever. Like my dad used to work at the vegan restaurant called Soul Veg there before I was born, well before I was born. And so the, that's always been present. It's just like, we don't see that on, you didn't see that in the news. You didn't hear about it if you weren't in that world. And now you don't see, still don't see it as much on social media or, you know, in the media in general. But now that's changing. And I do feel like I have this responsibility to help promote people who are maybe just starting off doing this and, you know, new, or even if they're not new at all, just like they're doing amazing things. And I just want to like shine light and be like, I see you. So yeah, it's, I do think it's it's my responsibility because it's, when we have a diverse conversation, I think everything is much better, right? We all benefit from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the point about ethnic food. Yeah. I think that's such a great point. Thank you. I've thought about that, but I, I really love the way you put it, and it's Thanks. so true. It's so true. I mean, even with like, you know, so often I've heard, "Oh, black people can't be vegan. How are you not going to eat?" Da 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 da. <laughs> my grandmother. So my grandmother's eighty three years old. She grew up in a city. She grew up in Philly, actually. So then they moved down to Georgia. She comes from farmers, right? Her grandfather was a farmer. Her parents, they lived in the city, but her grandfather was a farmer. Back, like beyond the, the grandfather, everybody's a farmer. They're all from Delaware. My grandfather, his family's all from Georgia. They're all farmers. My dad's family go back two generations. They're all farmers. And not only were these people farmers, but even their children. So my grandparents and my great grandparents, they all had their own gardens. They all, they didn't depend on going to the grocery store to buy all their produce. They ate a ton of produce because they had all their own gardens. People were, 
even black people were just so much more of the earth mm. and based in charge of their health. It's not like black people are just, we've just been eating junk food and soul food and eating poorly forever. That is totally false. Mm. And it's only, it's just a product of our American industrialized food system that we're all suffering from. But of course, black people suffer from it more, you know, greater proportion. But You know, we come from, we're ethnic too. Like we come from, you know, plant-based roots as well, growing our own food. And so it's really, we're like being vegan to me, it's, I feel like I'm just kind of coming back to the way things really should be. Just in my whole life, Mm. I'm just trying to get back to the way, the traditional ways of living. Mm. Yeah. And I love, yeah, I love like just the idea of having food be a way to come back to ourselves, mm-hmm. to come back and for it to be like a spiritual mm-hmm. experience, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Last for me is, I know you're a new mom. I am. <laughs> so what is like becoming a mother changed in you and especially just being a public figure, you yeah. know, like being online and knowing what's important and what's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I had, I, I, I always knew my purpose, like not always, since I became vegan, I want to become a vegan chef, da, da, da. That was my purpose, right? And that was like so invigorating. And I'm like, oh, I know I'm here. But I didn't feel it then as strongly as I do now that I have her. Now I really feel like I have purpose. Now I feel like there's there's something inside of me that is so much more like complete and so much more like fulfilled and in purpose than it ever was before. Uh, And yeah, now, you know, priorities wise, it's a lot easier to say no to things when you, when you have a child and you're like, I most like my most, the thing I care most about in this world is her. But at the same time, I'm also like, feel so complete. Like if I got hit by a car today and I died, I would be okay. Cause I mean, I wouldn't want to leave her, but just the feeling of like, I have, I have expressed myself in the greatest, most fulfilling way that I ever could imagine. Oh, I love that. You know, yeah. I just feel complete. Oh. Um, but it is still is hard because she don't she don't want to let me sleep throughout the night, which is fine because I have to <laughs> I have to feed her anyway. And like our connection is so beautiful. Um, but she, it is hard, especially because as a as a like you said, a public person, but just as a working person, yeah. right? And a a person who like my work is creative. So I think there's like another level of, like I never can turn off, right? I'm always working and the creativity is like always churning. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of mom guilt around needing to work, around needing like about like having this other life outside of her that I'm dealing with now because I just want to put everything fully into her, right? But I literally, I just can't because I, I mean, I technically I could, I guess I could just quit all this, but there is a part of there's it's, but I love what I do. That right? serves her too. It's not like, you know, oh, I just have a job and I will quit because I don't care about that. I love what I do. So I'm not going to quit it, but then I love her. And so it's just, it's really difficult. She's only eight months old. So I'm like in the thick of like this babyhood and this, like all this new and I think it's going to get easier, but it's really hard, especially that. But at least it's hard, but I have her, right? So it's mm-hmm. like just even having her just makes life so much better and like so many more reasons to smile and to, to like just be happy. So. Yeah. I think it's beautiful to be able to, I'm not a mom, 
but like to be able to continue to do things that you love even when you have kids because I think you're sending a message. Mm, like yeah. I think they take that in as energy. I mm-hmm. think they observe that like, you know, my mom was just all about the kids, which was beautiful, but it would have been cool yeah. to see her like kind of yeah. do something she really loved outside yes. of the kids, right? you and know? Like, so even thinking about like traditional ways of living too, like it is not... It's not normal. It is not traditional for us to be so, you know, for women have always worked, right? But we've always worked and we've always lived in community. And that's not the way we live here in this country anymore. And so it is is important to me to like be with other people, to work with other people, to, for her to see that, for her to have aunties and to be like comfortable with other people um, in the way that... I, actually, I did have that because I was my mom was a single mom, and I was raised by like my grandmother, my aunt, like passed around a little bit. But I, I, I do think that's important. I'm just trying to like create more community around yeah. her, so you know that village. Sees, yeah, the village, so mm-hmm. that she sees us. We're all doing. We all have a, a purpose. Now, being a mom is a purpose enough, okay? Mm-hmm. But you know, <laughs> but also like uh, there's we're doing some other things as well yeah. that are not as important than mind you, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing them. Yeah. This is so good. <laughs> thank You're you. Amazing. This oh, is thank a blast. You. Where can our community connect with you? Sweetpotatosoul.com is my blog, mm-hmm. but Sweet Potato Soul on Instagram. My cookbook is called Sweet Potato Soul. I'm Sweet Potato Soul on YouTube, anywhere. Just search Sweet Potato Soul. So good. Mm-hmm. I'm saying yes to you cooking me dinner. I know. Yes, <laughs> I want to do an event. I was talking to, to Sarah about this. I oh, really we want should. to do an event. Oh, we got you. something yeah. else. Yeah, we I got you. done anything in a while, so. Got you. Done and done. Yes. All right, we love you. Thank you. You thank too. You. Thank Bye, you. Bye, guys. We'll see you all soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janae, for joining us on the pod. If you'd like to learn more about Janae and her blog and her recipes are just incredible, sweetpotatosoul.com. Yeah, we love her. She is incredible. Okay, I just wanted to share a sweet message. I, Lindsay and I really appreciate everything that you share with us and our team. We do not take it for granted. It means the world. And I just found this really, really kind message from one of our listeners. Listening to you two this morning was such a pleasure. Emerson, while young, was able to walk away with such valuable points. And as her mom, it opened my eyes to many things in my life and many things as a parent raising kids, making sure that we are not, that we help them to grow authentically and not influence them too much, that we create a place where they can be and not be forced to be something other than themselves is very important. We loved everything about this morning. We were sad that we couldn't stay all day. Thank you. Oh, love it. So sweet. So sweet. So sweet. Thank you guys. Whenever you DM us, write a review, anything like that, it means a lot. And for the way that you guys show up for each other in the community, in the Facebook group, in the ambassador program meetups, and we have an ambassador program that empowers women of almost 30 nation to have events where they are. We have over a hundred ambassadors all over the world. So make sure to check Facebook and the larger secret almost 30 podcast Facebook group for the local community chapter. And you can join an event with like-minded women all over the world. Yeah. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on tour the last part of this year and then in the new year, but we love you and appreciate you. See you next time. Bye.